Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson, the British one. He's back, or rather, I'm back. The British one. I tell you what, um, I don't know what um, uh, American Pete has been doing, but his voice is getting more and more rugged <laughs> and rough and uh, tomorous. He's he's just, hey man, how's it going? He's like kind of, he just he's like being gargling sandpaper it's or something. It's cigars, isn't it? Now he's uh, an established influencer. He spends his afternoons smoking cigars <laughs> on his palatial estate built off the empire of Twitch. I can't believe yeah. it. That's it, isn't it? Look at he needs to look after that voice. It's important. It's his. It's his. It's his uh, meat and potatoes. It is. It is. <laughs> I actually want him to MC this event we're doing in the UK over Christmas with you. I'll oh, put right. you down. I hope you're available. Yeah. Probably not. I should have checked that you are in advance. What are you doing? You asked me whether I could do it, and now you're handing it over to another well, Pete. This is unbelievable. Best Can't of believe both worlds, it. Have an American Pete and a British one, and Best then you can just worlds. sort of pick on the night. Chris, Chris, Pete is the most skilled of both of us. I'll be there, and I'll do whatever you need me to do, but don't feel like you have to use me, because American Pete is a charisma bomb. He as certainly discussed. is. Well, at the very <laughs> least, you can you can handle the coach. We'll have you in the in the, in the cloakroom. Right, I'll handle the coach. Lovely job. I'll rifle through people's wallets. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything <laughs> less from you, Pete. But I am back yeah. from my 750-kilometre cycle. And Pete, the first thing Pete said to me was, did you actually cycle it? Yes, I did cycle it. Yes, yeah. I did, and it's like I streamed it every I'm minute just... of the day to thousands of people. Watched us do it, struggled mm. to death. Seven hundred fifty kilometers without stopping, not a single rest Nearly day. Nearly over. Oh, it was painful. Very, very painful. I, I've spent the entire day. I, dead. I just, I just. The, the the problem is you spend a lot of your time um, complaining that you're not very fit, and you know you you you, you carry a bit more timber than you did <laughs> five years ago, or whatever. But you, like the, the the situation is, you literally managed to do this without dying. You literally literally managed to do this every day get up and, and cycle that's why i'm surprised because you had me sort of thinking that you were this unfit <laughs> wretch but turns out you know you're in your early 30s and you can get away with this sort of thing that's what i'm putting it down to not my genetic uh, and uh, physical uh, in, in propriety <laughs> it's the power of peer pressure caffeine and mm. ibuprofen honestly without those three things right. I wouldn't have pulled it off I did do a little <laughs> bit of training beforehand I did cycle a little bit on the exercise bike at the gym yeah. but yeah I really I really did go into this pretty unprepared like I got the bike like four days before the cycle right um, 
and yeah it's a miracle we pulled it off even Connor in the last three days Connor's a pretty mm. fit young man he's only 26 bastard yeah. and so you know he's quite fit and he even he was struggling really badly on the last three days and I was I somehow turned mm. it all around it turned out in the first four days my bike seat was like two centimetres lower than it should have been, which was putting immense stress on my kneecaps, and I couldn't stand for the first four days. After I made that discovery, <laughs> raised the seat, my legs were actually fine for the rest of the trip. It's just my back hurt because I had to sort of hunch over the handlebars a lot more, and I got really bad back pain. So, yeah, it was really painful. It got sunburn. We cycled through the rain. We cycled into 30-kilometre winds. I didn't fall off the bike once, but Connor did, mm. and we and he live-streamed it. So that was fun, falling off off his bike. We only had one. <laughs> I, I did only see one that. argument off camera where we nearly murdered each other, which is pretty good for seven, eight days on the road. So all in all, a success. Yeah, and you're both strong personalities, and I'm using that in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that in the, in the best way I can. Yeah, that, that that's basically we, well on the on the fourth day of the trip or the fifth day it was it was it was billed as the easy day because we had just sixty kilometres to cycle right. to Sapporo, right? And the previous day were like 80 or 100 but it turned out that Google Maps just took us on a detour that was 20 kilometres the wrong way and then we had the windiest weather of all and when you're cycling into a headwind it's it's like cycling uphill but worse like you can go downhill and the wind resistance starts to push you back up it's really it was really bad and then we arrived at the hotel Mm. in Sapporo and I was like I'm going to die. Like, There's no way I can finish this cycle. And then Connor was like, we need to get up at 4am tomorrow, 4 o'clock in the morning. I was like, Connor, I'm not getting up at 4am for my own funeral. I'm not getting up at 4am for anything. And he was like, you're such a loser. Why don't you get up at 4am? And I was like, I'm not fucking up. I went mental about 4am. In the end, we adjusted the last three days of our trip. The last three days, originally, it was going to be like 80 kilometres 100 kilometres and then 164 kilometres on the last day the big one and we worked out that was literally impossible to pull off without dying on the last day Right. so we managed yeah. to spread it out and do like 110 kilometres each day or something which made it more manageable but 4am there was no way I was going to like have yeah. four hours sleep and then cycle 150 kilometres and so I exploded it, it just seems like it just seems like it would it, you'd be better spent kind of having a normal amount of sleep <laughs> and then like surely your body needs to heal that was my argument but the main reason we argued was because on we're just both obliterated at this point like absolutely knackered out well, your the, bums the first, yeah. the first part of the cycle everyone was happy there was smiles all round and the second half it was just a shit show but luckily American Pete turned up <laughs> and brought us some sort of court jester humour that kept us going and his positivity he gave us these like Winston Churchillian style speeches at the start of every day, like a call to arms at the start, and that fired us up or made me just want to cycle yeah. away from him. Either way, it motivated me to get on the bike and fuck <laughs> off. But um, we did it, and we raised $300,000 for charity, the Immune Deficiency Foundation. I so mean, it's just, cool. I mean, that just seems like an unholy... That's the sort of money that, like, Blue Peter used to raise in the 90s. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's a lot of money. Like, I don't think you appreciate it. That's a house... 
You could buy a house. house. Or if you go to the uh, house um, Instagram profile that I go to uh, that's set, that, that shows you uh, a lot of cheap rural ha- homes in Japan, uh, you could buy about 10 <laughs> houses for 300 uh, I know which I know exactly the profile. That's incredible. As well. I, um, yeah, well done. Is it basically me and Taka from uh, the band Feeder. Uh, we're the only people, I think, in, 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 in my sort of Instagram profile that, uh, uh, that follows it. And he always likes all of the... Uh, all of the all of really? the houses. I don't know why. He just likes li- he likes liking the houses. I, I get it. I get it. But that's that's a good way to spend three hundred thousand on it. You know these rural houses go for cheap. But yeah. no, it's, you're right though. It, Buy one of those influencer it houses. Is insane. Just sort of go. We're not giving the money to charity <laughs> or the is- Israel Defence uh, Force, like you said. Um, <laughs> you're going to be giving it to the. Uh, we're going to just make a big house and yes, you and Conrad are going to live in it. In it was rather unfortunate. Holy the Immune Deficiency Foundation is the same acronym as the Israeli Defence Force. A lot of confusion in it the first re- three days. They need a look on their branding. Come on, guys. <laughs> are you immune to good press? <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, it got a bit confusing early on. A lot of viewers were like, why are you funding the Israeli Defence Force? Haven't they got enough budget already? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, honestly, the power of streaming, right? Um, it, it, it worked. It worked. And everyone got fired up. Yeah. And Pete did a great job, like, getting folks to donate and um, credit where it's due to Connor you know he kept the stream going every minute of the day like yeah I would have been able to do that I was like dead on the second half of the trip I could barely speak let alone maintain a stream with 25,000 people so yeah fair play to Connor he's he's so so how how let's talk tech because that's the reason why I'm Mm. here I want to know about the tech so he's got a battery he's got how much battery power has he got on his back Mm. because obviously he has to run a computer is it just like an off the off the peg computer that someone's modified how does it kind of work what are these kind of mobile streaming setups tricky actually both Pete and Connor have one of these setups IRL streamer backpacks right basically you get a big battery a battery so big you can't fly on a plane with it so you have to have it shipped in like an advance because it's a battery that could take down a jumbo jet if it exploded basically and uh, the battery will last 12 hours without failure the battery is connected to like four modems uh, four different routers each for different networks things to make sure there's absolute coverage on every part of the journey and then that's connected to the phone and then the phone is connected to a computer at Connor's apartment and that loads it all up and so it's sort of connected to that at all times, and so you're st- it's confusing, right? Okay, so you're oh, so you're streaming, oh, so the computer at home does the streaming, and you are streaming the footage to your computer believe, at home, which yeah, is really broadcasting. Yeah, I it. think that is how it works. Yeah. That makes sense, kind of, sort of, sort of. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay. And that's that's pretty much how it uh, works. Because um, I remember one time I did a stream with fabulous. Connor in Shinjuku, and uh, I think we were walking around Shinjuku or Shinokubo or somewhere like that. And we were about to kick off, and then right. it, it turned out Connor just hadn't switched his computer on. So we had to go all the way back across Tokyo <laughs> to his apartment, switch it on, and all the way back over to Shinokubo. Ah, <laughs> oh, nightmare. But um, Oh, no, I've made a terrible <laughs> mistake. It worked, though, and, uh, yeah, it worked really well, and there was very few technical issues. So it turned out really great in that regard. The future, innit? <laughs> kind, of, kind of wish I had an IRL backpack now. The phonely, phonely. 
IRL. Just get yourself a big, big battery. Make yourself make yourself one. Make effort, your own one. Yeah. Lots of effort. <laughs> but uh, the video, uh, the, <laughs> the video of the uh, the cycle will be coming out in a few weeks, guys. It's being edited right now as we speak. So keep an eye out for that wacky workout coming soon. It's probably going to be an hour long. It's going to be so long. <laughs> I thought we could break into episodes, but then I thought let's just make one big epic episode, right? And like with the original Journey yeah. Across Japan. I got a lot of criticism from people who were like, oh, I wanted to see you on the bike more. There was too much culture and interesting things. I wanted more bikes and more scenery. This is just literally... bikes. This stuff. is just like literally just bikes. <laughs> more bikes and then bikes with fields. And so that will make up for that. But uh, interestingly, yeah. I'm, I weighed myself before and after the start of the trip, right? Before I left, I was 84.6 kilograms. I've written it down on this piece of paper. How okay. much do you think yeah. I weigh eight days later and 750 kilometres? 84.6. I think you're probably down to 80. I weigh 86.5 kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> it's all muscle, baby. It must be. It's all muscle. So I looked into this because I, it must I be felt muscle. like I've been robbed because I thought, you know, I, I was prophesizing <laughs> coming back from this cycle being like, I'll be a whole new man. You're going to see a whole new Chris. And yep. I came back heavier but it turns out i mean i only finished the cycle like 48 hours ago um and my muscles still ache and are very sore and apparently your muscles when you work them out a lot and and i mean a lot like all day every day for seven days it makes them really swollen and inflamed and because that they're sort of filled with lots of yeah exactly filled with water so hopefully in a few days time when they're less swollen in three days, I'll weigh myself again, and if I'm not lighter than when I started, I'll be absolutely depressed, because I'll be really annoyed, especially as I've got to run a fucking Spartan race next week, and I was banking on being like three kilometres lighter, three kilograms lighter, sorry, before I do that race. But, so if you if you ever sort of see those kind of like... Uh, lads and lasses who, who who run across like the entirety of mm, America. That'll be me. You will always see that they are they always put on weight before, so they so they they are actually you know a good stone overweight. And when they do, there's endurance races where they run the entirety of of the US or whatever. They they'll ship a stone uh, in the time I think, but they they're always at the start of it. They're they're always like um, a, a, a heck of a lot overweight because you you just need the mm. power. You need the power. Well, they call it carb loading, which is express. I only discovered before the cycle where mm. basically the day before you do any big fitness activity like cycling 100 kilometers you're supposed to load your whole body up with carbs devour as much as you can yeah and that will like flood your <laughs> like muscles with glucose and all the energy overnight that you need to sort of power yourself through yeah. on the next day um so i was eating an awful lot on this trip I have to say if it wasn't like three packets of energy jelly being stuffed into my mouth it was some sort of brownie that Connor had got from his friend Josh that I was devouring so I, I did eat a lot steady you, what did he get what's his brown, what are these brownies you've been chomping there's nothing watch out Pete Donaldson brownies okay. they're full of healthy Fine. non-drug based <laughs> products peanuts and <laughs> excitement and chocolate it was good but like yeah you've got a carb load and so I, I, I'm, I'm glad I learned that because of all the other fitness things, you're, you're, you're Michael. You're Michael Scott eating the uh, eating the carbonara <laughs> in the car park. Before That's that run. me. But yeah, so I, I learned a lot from doing this, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the end result is in a few days' time. Will I magically wake up one morning and be three kilograms lighter? 
Probably not, but we'll find out soon. <laughs> oh We've got a story this week from Kat from Sydney, and it begins, Dear Chris and Pete, I've got a story for you. Ooh. In February 2020, I travelled to Japan Ooh. from Sydney, Australia, with my parents and sister for our third family trip to Japan. We'd booked dinner at a fancy sushi restaurant in Kanazawa as a special treat. The day before booking our restaurant, um, they called and said, there's a TV crew coming tomorrow night to do a feature on the restaurant. You don't mind, do you? And we said, yeah, sure, no worries, don't worry. It'd be, we, we thought, wow, what fun this will be. As soon as we arrived at the restaurant, we realised we were there, uh, or we were to be, the main attraction of the TV shoot. Four white people at a sushi restaurant, who'd have thought it? As we entered, an NHK camera crew suddenly appeared, and it was lights, camera, action. They guided us to our table and immediately launched into an interview. Wow, so you're from Australia. Have you had sushi before? And many other stupid questions. We ordered our sushi and sake. Too overwhelmed by the cameras and the attention to pay close attention to the menu. The main event, of course, was the food. It was delicious, by the way. The rest of my family ate their uh, nigiri sushi very quickly before the camera crew realised and suddenly only my piece was remaining. The cameraman said, stop, and focused his camera on my face he said now now you can eat the sushi normally i buy <laughs> normally i bite nigiri sushi in half but i'd heard the traditional ways to put the whole piece in your mouth so that's what i did i have no idea what fish it was but it was quite difficult to chew <laughs> the cameraman kept filming and i kept smiling and chewing he asked me what i thought and i nodded and gave him a thumbs up because i still couldn't swallow the fish the thought of a video of me struggling to chew a piece of sushi being played on japanese tv probably accompanied by ridiculous laugh tracks and crazy sound effects still haunts me to this day we wonder <laughs> where the footage has ended up cat <laughs> from sydney australia mm. clearly struggling to eat some sort of squid or octopus there Oh God! Could could we have could we discount the fact that uh, she may have eaten um, a watch strap? Oh, <laughs> by accident! Just chopped <laughs> it down. Oh no, I can't eat this. It's just it's 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 weird that you'd be in a just pounced on, and then they are basically telling you when you are and when you're not allowed to eat and stuff. Are you pay for this? Uh, are you going to pay for it? No. Okay. It's well, a little bit fine. rude, isn't it? It is a little <laughs> bit rude. Yeah, I, yeah, they paid for that. They, Terrible. Did, I mean, yeah, did, they didn't say the TV show paid for it as they should have done out of a gesture no. of kindness. No, I think so. Cheeky Japanese no. TV bastards. What what crappy show that is Japanese as well. White people try sushi. Let's enjoy. But <laughs> have you tried sushi before? Yes, because it's now. <laughs> yes, because it's not 1983. Exactly. Yeah, I've had yo sushi in England. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what sushi is. So, yeah. I wonder what the sushi was that she struggled to make her way through. I'm probably yeah. thinking it's squid, which can be a little bit tough, right? Fair. Is there any yeah, sushi, any fish you struggle with? Um, no, I, I was on holiday in Malaga a few weeks ago and I absolutely destroyed a mound, like a massive sort of molehill. Uh, of course, oh my lord! And that was just for lunch. And I was, I'll just eat anything. I'll eat anything. You're a monster, <laughs> a platter of yeah, cuttlefish. Good God! Yeah, I don't think I've had just... cuttlefish here in a long time. <laughs> There's always this joke that cuttlefish is really popular in Japan, but I don't think I've seen it or tasted it that is much. It? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we, before we get that. into the news of the week, compliments of Pete. Uh, mm. I just want to say, guys. A few of you have messaged me about Japan removing the tour guide requirement for foreign tourists. There was a lot of excitement last week Mm. when Japan announced that uh, you could now come to Japan 
and uh, you don't need a tour guide, right? You may recall that yeah. the rules were you could come to Japan on a prepackaged tour, but you needed a tour guide like North Korea. You couldn't have fun. You had to go to the designated salmon restaurant and you had to do whatever you were told. Now, they've got rid of the tour guide. They've raised the cap of people, foreign tourists, to 50,000, but it's still like bullshit yeah, yeah. 50,000 I mean <laughs> what was it before it was something like 1.5 million tourists a month now it's 50,000 mm. that's basically right. not a tourist not tourist at all but to come in on this new sort of revolutionary concept you've still got a book as part of a package tour I believe mm. that means you've got to basically have your accommodation transport sightseeing itinerary everything like that already sort of predetermined ratified yeah which yeah. is kind of you know it's it's better but it's still kind of crap and but does that mean so say so say you're going to be sort of booking a trip to i don't know for sake of argument mm. uh um tokyo Kyoto, mm. Osaka. Now, you have the things that you've got booked. Uh, I want to go and see that, and I want to go and see that, and I want to go and see this temple. Does that mean you're allowed to not do those things or just go somewhere else or just... How how restrictive is well, it Well, this is the be? thing, right? Exactly. I think there's a lot of confusion. I've seen package companies, package store companies that are like, yay, but we don't get it. And it's, it's incredibly vague. It all feels more like a PR stunt mm. than actually a practical step in the right direction. And uh, honestly, yeah, it, it's not really clear how this works. Like what? What it is? Mm. I know the reason they want it to be a package tour is because if you bring in COVID or get COVID, they are a lot. It's a lot easier to sort of trace it, right? It's a lot easier to trace where you've come from, what you've been doing, you know where you've been. But I think it's this is just it's just right. ridiculous, and I think it's more just a PR stunt to just very gradually, slowly but surely, open up the country. And personally, I, I don't think I'd advise people to come on this tour. Um, no matter how tempting it is. I no. you think you could just break away from it, though. Like, yeah, I'll follow the tour and then just get in a taxi and drive off. Oh, no, I fell down a hole. <laughs> I fell down a hole. I fell down a decorative manhole. When I woke up, I was oh, in Bar Rockaholic, which wasn't part of the package tour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, there's a video. I follow Bar Rockaholic on uh, Twitter, and they keep posting this video of, uh, of A, how to find it, because it's quite mm. hard to find from the Shibuya Crossing, and then and then uh, basically explaining what the entry, what you do at entry, basically, and it's just, a lot of alcohol gel, a lot of like in London. I mean, obviously, we were here not that long ago. There's there's alcohol dispensers everywhere, but none of them have alcohol in them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like we have completely just given up on it all. Tragedy, isn't it? <laughs> tragedy. What's happened? What's happened tragedy. to the world? But I don't know. But I mean, like this is rubbish, obviously. And um, but I, mm. you know, it's encouraging that things are moving towards us. They can't. Between this and just having normal tourism again, they can't have another step, right? This means we are now no. literally just one step away from them opening up the country yeah. and having business as usual, yeah. um, which they need to. The, the current government's quite... It's, it's losing popularity fast, um, partly mainly because of the Prime Minister Shinzo Abe and the fact they've got a very expensive state funeral and he's not at all popular now, even though he's dead. Uh, he's not popular because of the affiliation with the... Uh, the church. Remember the uh, the rather shady, culty Church of Unitarianism, uh, which sounds right, like okay. that really evil cult out of. Do you ever play Dead Space? Is it Dead Space? Remember that get horrible. Oh. 
Do you want yeah. space? There's literally a... <laughs> I, I, I realise I realize I could have absolutely bluffed my ticket there and I hadn't played Dead Space. It's the one where you chop uh, limbs it off uh, space monsters uh, in subway stations with... Uh, but the villains are like this church <laughs> called like the Unitarian Church. And so whenever I think of this oh, church... that rings a bell. Yeah. ...caused all these problems in Japan politically, I always think of that. But anyway... Um, yeah, but going back, the, the government's not popular. It needs to be more bold. It needs to let in tourists and start having business as usual, getting those smashed-to-pieces tourism industry back on its feet, especially as Kyoto is going bankrupt think, as we speak. I think that, uh, I mean, yeah, I think uh, Joey, the anime man, mm. was uh, talking about how this is good for one thing and one thing alone, the uh, tour companies that do um, skiing. So obviously, yeah, support, yeah. Um, you know, um, uh, Hokkaido uh, skiing. Uh, it'll be a good thing for that because uh, you know people do. People generally use these two companies for the specific reason. That yeah, they want to go skiing. That, that's a good thing. And, but you know, package tours are typically more expensive than you, your average independent travel bookings. So that's one downside. Yeah, Though the yen is so yeah, worthless that your money will probably go a long way. <laughs> but we'll keep you informed as always, guys. I am. Very optimistic yep. that uh, we are dangerously close. Japan being open, um, but mm. we'll keep you up to date as usual on the Born Japan podcast. I keep looking at my, I, I keep, I keep looking at the um, visa form. <laughs> uh, I keep threatening to fill in, but I just, I, I just haven't had time to even look at it. If so, only you had uh, a visa. Sponsor. I, I genuinely think at this point, if only, well, if I'll only, just find I'll just find someone. I'll romance, I'll romance someone. Um, but uh, well, that's what that's what Joey was saying about his parents. I think the only way they can get. Um, he can get them in is by sponsoring their visa. It's like it's just crazy. It's like it's wild. It's wild. It is on. Sucks, eh? Mm. But tell us, mm. Pete, enlighten us and cheer us up. Tell us what the news of the week is going on in Japan. Tourism aside, give us some news. Well, look, I mean, it's not necessarily tourism aside, but uh, obviously there's, uh, during uh, lockdown and during COVID, uh, the uh, Japanese government, they they, they, they basically handed out massive amounts Mm. of money to different prefectures to um, safeguard the uh, economy and safeguard the uh, people who live in that economy, in that uh, prefecture. And uh, as we heard uh, a few months ago, the Japanese town, Noto, in Ishikawa prefecture, uh, instead of using it for hospitals and you know social security uh, they spent uh, 25 million yen on a gigantic 13 meter long statue of a squid at a time and they will look back and you know cities like Kyoto will look back and sort of go oh we're absolutely destitute I'm glad we didn't spend 25 million uh, yen on a big fucking squid well let me tell you Chris maybe they should have done because (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> the famous squid, uh, Noto is famous for its locally squ- uh, called squids, so that's why they've got uh, a big squid in there. Um, they spent 20, 20 odd million uh, uh, yen, uh, a big, big investment on a big squid. Uh, <laughs> 16 months after the completion of the Ika King, as they call it, Noto is saying that the squid was like totally oh worth it, God. claiming that the statue has resulted in visitors pumping approximately 600 million yen into Ishikawa's economy more than 22 times this cost of the statue. So, apparently, they reckon that because of this uh, squiddy statue, uh, they've had more than 22 times the amount of uh, foot traffic uh, through the district, which, I mean... 
is, would it be fair to say that having a closed country where you couldn't really go anywhere means that there will be more inter-prefecture tourism, possibly? But, yeah, a visitor survey conducted between June and August this year out of uh, 1,125 people, 506 of them, 45%, said they'd come because they wanted to see the big fucking squid. <laughs> but, I mean... Oh, my Lord. I, I mean, I get it. I just question whether that's actually the case or not. I mean, I was I was in striking distance of the they call it the Ica King, the Squid King, right? As he said, and I was in within striking distance yeah. of it just last month, and right. I didn't go and see it. Yeah. So if they'd asked me why was I in Kanazawa <laughs> not to see the Squid King, or the bloody hell, it's called no. I uh, this is a, this is ridiculous. This story. I mean, I remember this is ridiculous. I I, I, I <laughs> can't work out what my position is on it. I think because when it came out there was a lot of criticism and despair that the government had spent 25 million yen which is the equivalent of $250,000 on this squid statue instead of like IC units and (laughs) vaccines or whatever Um, but we saw the the humour in it but the truth is, yeah. because of the exposure that this bloody squid has got, they, they said that they've had like 1.8 billion yen of free publicity from the media in Japan mm. and globally. You know, it's been on the Abroad in Japan podcast, so they've hit the big time, haven't they? But like, it's been in like news stories from the BBC to the Japan Times, CNN. They covered the King Squid statue in this obscure little town in yeah. Noto, which is home to some good beef, some good wagyu beef, I'll have you know. Um, Got beef, great well, squid. This, this is bonkers. 18, <laughs> 1.8 billion yen is about 18, 15, yeah. 18 million dollars. So, not bad, yeah. isn't it? $250,000 investment, $15 million of free publicity, and 600 people or 500 people who said they went there because of the squid. <laughs> it's definitely worth it. Better than a <laughs> kick in the squid, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I do, I do want to go and see it, though. I do want to go and see it, but. Yeah. And the reason they did a squid, some of you might be wondering, why a squid? Um, That is like, yeah, it's random, but like uh, the the area of Noto is famous for its uh, gigantic squid. They fish out the sea there. Right, Um, okay. So. Real and not real. Real and not real. (laughs) So there you go. Get yourself down to Ishikawa Prefecture. Hop on the bullet train, three hours from Tokyo, and you can go and see a $250,000 statue renowned the world over for being. Of questionable worth. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment, guys, with the fax machine with your stories, <laughs> questions, and comments. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Now we're back. With the fax machine, what have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? We got Big Don from Los Angeles, Dripping Chris and Personal Pete. As a slightly larger than average American, 185 centimetres and 104 kilograms, I find it hard to find Japanese fashion brands that make sizes that fit me. Chris, where do you do your shopping? Or does your mum send you a supply of black teas <laughs> from home? <laughs> I, I don't do my shopping at all. I have like three shirts in my oh. wardrobe. And that is the way it has been. Typically, though, I do import them. I do import them. Like, uh, shoes are the tough one. If you live in Japan, no shoe shops will have your shoe size if you're over, like, 28 centimetres. Yeah. I I just, you know, I just... When I go back to the UK once or twice a year, I typically buy a lot of clothes then and sort of bring it back with me. And by a lot of clothes, I mean the same three fucking black shirts that I wear every day. Um, Although... I did receive my Dr. Jelly shirt today that sold out pretty well. Oh, you want cool. To see it? Yes, I do, actually. I want to see the quality. I want to see the fit and the finish. I want to see the... I want to hear the smells. I want to hear the smells. Here's the smell hoodie. How it sounds. It's good stuff. Number one best. It's got that new hoodie smell. I can't actually... <laughs> that's fantastic it's actually really good quality i um <laughs> i like i got the I, yeah. I don't really wear hoodies i'm too old for all that business i'm not cool enough to wear a hoodie but i do have a t-shirt and yeah. that fits really well so it's a little bit obscure wearing joey the anime man's face although i suppose dr jelly technically is a fictional character um but yeah it's, it's sold out it's sold yeah. pretty well and i actually quite like it who 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 owns the who owns the IP to Dr. Jelly? I'm worried that there's going to be like a, a Hulk Hogan versus uh, Hulk Marvel uh, court case where the WF have to, have to pay Marvel every time they say the word Hulk Hogan. I, I, I own it. Well, I hope I do anyway. I own it uh, yeah, with fair. the guy that drew it. Retro Review. His name is really yeah. cool dude. But uh, yeah, and Joey gets a cut of the profits, obviously, because it's his face. So, of course he does. Yeah. Everyone's a winner, yeah, especially exactly. Dr. Jelly. Uh, we've got a story here from Laura who says Dear Cheerful Chris and Pleasant Pete Greetings from Melbourne I've been fortunate enough to be in isolation over my birthday with spicy cough and I had a fever dream of One Piece my favourite anime characters being chased through a giant castle while Chris narrated You what? Bloody hell what, what, what were you taking for your spicy cough? My question for you boys is have you ever had some interesting or downright weird dreams? All the best from down under Laura I mean, have you had a weird dream? 
Pete? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's every night of my goddamn life. I am. Uh, I'm doing something uh, strange, and it. And I don't know what. I don't know whether it's been the change of the weather here or something. I'm very. I think I'm very um, sensitive to that sort of thing, <laughs> and uh, I am. Just, I'm just constantly dreaming from the from the moment I close my eyes to the moment I, I get up and I and I wake up and I'm absolutely knackered. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Jackie and Nick uh, were in my dream. Um, we were digging um, for gold. Um, Jackie and his part and her partner Nick uh, and and th- and that was that was oh my God. fun because I've not seen Jackie and Nick for oh a while. My God. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> It's nice. My my little dreams are like a little abroad in Japan episode that I've directed myself. Digging <laughs> digging up corpses or whatever it was. Bloody hell! That sounds shady as fuck. No, digging up yeah, gold. gold. We're yeah. finding gold. Oh, I very much, I very much enjoyed uh, the bit in uh, a clip that someone clipped out of uh, of you, Natsuki, and Doctor Jelly himself on a like a Lido or whatever, uh, a Lilo rather, um, where you said. Um, what is it? Uh, I've done all sorts, and, and it all goes quiet. And Natsuki goes. That really made me laugh. I was honoured, absolutely honoured, that Natsuki knows my second name. I don't don't know where it came from. Yeah, I was I was sitting on the 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 thing in the pool, and I said something that sounded vaguely like your name, and Natsuki just went, "Yeah, Pete Donaldson." It's a very jarring moment. But you know, Pete Donald. I'm I'm going to be called from now on uh, Pete Donaldsorts, which is the. Lovely stuff. Yeah, was Lovely it. I, stuff. I said we've done all sorts, and he went Pete Donaldson. Pete Donaldson. Dear oh dear, it's good That's stuff. Good we got one here from Matthew. He said, "Hello, Chris and Pete. My name is Matthew, and I'm from e. Perth. We've got a lot of Australians this week. Is everyone Australian? Where's all so our Swedish have. listeners gone? Oh, we haven't had a Swedish listener in a while. <laughs> Not that I've got anything against Australians, yeah. of course. My question, however, concerns the use of idioms in Japanese. In English, Ooh. we often use phrases to convey a non-literal meaning. Uh, Common examples include saying that you're feeling under the weather when you're unwell, or that you're sitting on the fence when you're being indecisive. Are idioms used in Japanese? Keep up the great work, guys. Matthew from Perth. Uh, I mean, yeah, they've got idioms. I've not done a very good job learning them over the years. No. There's like neko ni kobam. I like that one. You know that one, right? I've taught you that one before. Yes, but I can't remember it. It means coins to a cat, like fucking wasting money, basically. Okay. Because to a cat, coins are nothing. Um, ah, or nice. I suppose the most popular one, one of the first ones you learn as a, a learner of Japanese is Sarumo uh, Kikarochiru, like even monkeys fall from trees. Um, which in Connor's case they do when he falls off a bicycle going at 20 kilometres an hour but that's a popular one even people who are experienced fuck up from time yeah. to time Sarumo kikara ochiru right even monkeys fall from trees do you know any idioms Pete amongst your <laughs> Japanese knowledge uh, no absolutely I barely know the language uh, barely know any of the words <clears throat> in the language uh, and so I think idioms might be a, a step too far for little people I th- I, I'd love to <laughs> just to see you in a bar just whipping out a Japanese idiom like even monkeys fall from trees when you like spill beer spill <laughs> some beer all over your jacket at a bar I'd be like even monkeys fall from trees <laughs> it'll be like you what mate it'll be really jarring 
and then you'll be Chigaimas, <laughs> yeah. Chigaimas. Advanced, advanced Chigaimas. Japanese knowledge. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> dear, oh dear. I did. I got like a book called like Japanese idioms you need to know, and then I learned none of them apart from yeah. those two. So I feel bad. My Japanese has, has been has been Sorry. pretty poor. It's been. It's not good, Pete. I need to. And it's getting worse. <sighs> it's getting worse. That'll be the goal for next year, right? <laughs> Become mega brilliant at Japanese. Mega brilliant Japanese. Yeah. The next four months, get fit. The next four months after that, become good at Japanese. Let's make Japanese great again. <laughs> Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in, guys, to Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. We'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Bye for now. Farewell. Sadaboki karochiru. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.